In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. We come this Sunday in a very special place because this is the end of the church year. The church year which begins with Advent next Sunday and goes through the life of Christ and the teaching of Christ comes to an end today as we prepare for what comes ahead. This also on today is the last Sunday of our series on epitaphs. And we've looked the last four weeks at various texts that talk about epitaphs, those things that we might have on our tombstone, the reminder of those that are out there in the courtyard. And so as we do today, we have a couple of lessons which are a little bit challenging in some way because the first one especially in the book of Malachi. We don't very often read the book of Malachi, and yet we heard it in last Sunday's service, and we hear it again today. Malachi is the last book of the Old Testament. Malachi was what we call a minor prophet, a lesser prophet. He was not Elijah or Elisha or one of those that have big books in the Old Testament and were very prominent among the people of God. Malachi is one of what we call 12 of the minor prophets. And his book is at the end, very last words of the Old Testament. In this particular text today, as we read Malachi, we read of the contrast between those who believe in God and those who don't. The book of Malachi is written in a very unique fashion also. The, the book of Malachi is a dialogue. It's a dialogue between God and his people, very similar to the style of the book of Jonah, which has dialogue in it. And as we heard there in that first lesson today, God speaks first in Malachi. He says, your words have been hard against me, says the Lord. But you say, how have we spoken against you? And God says, you have said, it is vain to serve God. What's the profit of our keeping his charge or of walking as in the morning before the Lord of hosts? And now we call the arrogant blessed and evildoers not only prosper, but they put God to the test and they escape. The picture of those who are unbelievers and the picture of a people of God in Malachi who are very frustrated more than even frustrated, they're anxious and disappointed in God. They have been waiting. Elijah and Elisha had been saying years and years and years ago, God's going to send a Messiah. We'll hear some of those words during Advent. For behold, the, the virgin will conceive and bear a child. Those promises coming out of Elijah and out of, out of the prophet Isaiah. And the people have been waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting and there was no Messiah. And so God says to, to those who are unbelievers, your words are very disappointing to me. For you say, why should we believe in God? What good comes from believing in God? It's all vain, it's all useless, it's all helpless. Besides that, when I look in the world around me, I see that the arrogant are prospering and the evildoers are blessed. 
And what is there for us? It, it's similar in a way to what we sometimes hear or even say when we say, why is it that bad things happen to good people? Or why is it that those who are so faithful seem to have such rough lives? And so the people are complaining to God, and God says, your words just disappoint me. What a failure. Then he goes on to contrast that with the words of the believers. And so he goes on and says, then those who feared the Lord spoke with one another. Now, to be honest, I'm a little disappointed in Malachi because he doesn't tell us what they said. He just said they talked. Well, I wish he would have told us what they talked about. In some ways, they probably said the same thing that the unbelievers were saying. In some ways, they, they probably were saying, but God, where are you? We have been faithful to you, and you have, we are waiting for the fulfillment of your promise. But they're coming at it from a standpoint of faith, but just wondering where God is. But then it says, And the Lord listened to them, and he heard them, and a book of remembrance was written before him of those who feared the Lord and esteemed his name. For they shall be mine, says the Lord of hosts, in the day when I wake up my treasured possessions, and I will spare them as a man spares his son who serves him. Then once more you will see the distinction between the righteous and the wicked, between one who serves God and one who does not serve him. The promise of God. The key word for us in this lesson and in our, in our sermons today is the word remember. Notice what it said. It said God heard his people. He, he listened to them. God heard his people and he remembered them in the scroll of life, the book of life. Sounds a little bit like Exodus. We heard a couple weeks ago in the reading of Exodus, God appearing to Moses in the fiery bush. And God says to Moses way back at the beginning of Exodus, I have seen the suffering of my people and I have heard their cries and I am sending you Moses to deliver them out of bondage, out of Egypt into the promised land. Now at the end of the Old Testament, in the book of Malachi, we hear that very same kind of word, those very similar words from God. I have listened to my people's cry. I have heard them. Interesting, not just listening, but I have heard them. And I remember them. What an epitaph to be remembered by the Lord. God hears us and he remembers us. And names are written in the book of life. And then God in Malachi goes on and he closes the Old Testament by saying the day will come when you will see the distinction between the righteous and the wicked, between one who serves God and one does not. Again, similar 
concept picked up by Jesus later on in the New Testament when he talks about when the king comes, when the Son of Man comes again in glory, he will separate people like the shepherd separates sheep from the goats. And he says the, the, on, the, on the so, one side, the goats are those who don't believe. Those who have no faith, those whose lives don't reflect the faith in God. And the sheep on the other side are those who believe and love and their lives reflect the love of Christ in their life. The separation of believers and unbelievers picked up by Jesus later on. So the book of Malachi ends, the Old Testament ends with these words from God about the coming again, the separating of, God, of believers and unbelievers, but the promise that God listens, that God hears, and that God remembers. End of the Old Testament. The people continued to wait. The people continued to watch. And yet it's 400 years later before Jesus comes. Sometimes we get restless with God. Sometimes we offer our prayers to God and we become restless because we don't see him. Where are you, God? Where are you in all of this? When will you come? And the promise, again, God listens, God hears, and God remembers us. He does not forget. We'll switch then from that scene to the gospel lesson for today. Frankly, the gospel lesson for this today is a kind of an odd lesson for the Sunday before Advent. It's kind of an odd lesson as we get ready to celebrate Christmas because where are we in the gospel lesson? We're on Golgotha. We're at Good Friday. We're Jesus walking to the cross and dying. Notice again in the gospel lesson the separation between those who believe in God and those who don't. Those who trust and those who don't. We're told that as Jesus was walking to the cross that there were a group of women who were following him and they were weeping. They were in, they were in tears. Much the same kind of tears that we cry at the grave of a loved one at the time that we say goodbye to a loved one, those tears of love and sorrow. And Jesus says to the ladies, don't weep for me. I'm not the one you should be worried about, but rather weep for those who don't believe. Weep for those who are going to experience the destruction of God without faith and weep for them. And then this beautiful scene, the distinction between the believers and those who shall crucify, and Jesus hanging on the cross. During all my years as a pastor, parish pastor, and then as district president, I always had hanging in my office a large portrait of Christ. It was a portrait that was done by my uncle and given to me at the time of my ordination. And it's a very unique portrait of the crucifixion because it's done by a contemporary artist. 
But it's Christ, and in the portrait you see Christ, you see from shoulders up, you see his head, you see his arms on the cross, and as you see Jesus hanging there on the cross, under one eye is a great big tear. And when you look at that portrait, you can't miss the tear. And I've never asked my uncle to explain that to me, although I think, you know, it's always kind of fun to put your own interpretation on, on things. I, I think that that tear is the tear that Jesus cried when he said the words in here, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they're doing. Christ who hangs there on the cross, seeing beneath him those who cry tears of love for him and those who are guilty of crucifying him. And he says out of the grace of God, Father, forgive them. Remember them in the kingdom. And then that delightful picture, familiar picture of the two thieves on the cross. And again, we see the separation between believer and unbeliever. We see the one thief on the cross who says, aren't you the Messiah? Well, then save yourself and get us out of here too because we don't want to die. And the other thief on the cross who says, you fool. We're dying because we deserve to die. We're guilty. But this man between us is guilty of nothing. And yet he's dying too. And so he's the one who says then, Lord, remember me. Remember me when you come into your kingdom. And that promise of Jesus, which is the promise to us as well, today, you'll be with me in paradise. Jesus listened. Jesus heard. And Jesus remembered the faith of that thief on the cross. As he listens and as he hears us, and as he remembers us. There's a very powerful movie that's playing in the theaters right now. And the title of the movie is Harriet. And it's the story of Harriet Tubman. Harriet Tubman was a slave who traveled a hundred miles by foot on her own to escape slavery and to become free in the North prior to the Civil War. So committed to, to her for freedom for those who were in slavery that she individually made 13 trips back south to rescue her family and others who were in slavery and to bring them north to freedom. And then during the Civil War, Harriet Tubman became the first woman to ever lead a military brigade, and she led a band of freed slaves north to attack the, I mean south to attack the slave owners and free 450 more slaves. She was a woman of strong faith. She was a woman who believed that God listened to her, that God heard her, and that God remembered her, and that God answered her prayers. Harriet Tubman died in the age of, in, at around 90. And it's said 
that the very last words that she spoke before she died were these. I go to prepare a place for you. She sought physical freedom for the people of God. And there's another one who spoke those words long before she did when Jesus said to his disciples as he was preparing to die and return to heaven when he said to his disciples, don't be afraid, don't cry for me. I go to prepare a place for you and where I am, there you may be also. One who came to set us free from our sin, from our bondage, from our fear, from our despair, that we might be remembered in the kingdom. As you celebrate Thanksgiving this week, remember these words. God listens to our cries. God listens to our pain. God listens to our suffering. God listens to our joy. And God hears us. But not only does he hear us, he remembers us. Our epitaph, remembered by the Lord. Amen.